his left, Jess on his right. Hey, hold up, don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret, he's wearing shorts. It's time for Waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. Good morning, Bakers. Gobble, gobble. Gotcha. As it's Thanksgiving week, it's November 21st, my engage anniversary. My mom's ago. birthday. Your mom's birthday. My friend uh, Katie B's birthday. So, uh, happy birthday to everyone who celebrates on November 21st. Uh, clean shaven BBD. Yeah. Sheesh. We're back. Um... What sparked it? Uh, Grammy's funeral is this weekend. She hated the beard. Wow. A tribute. We love you, Grammy. Um, big Thanksgiving's a good sports week. Uh, World Cup. Yeah. Hello. Uh, just, it started yesterday. Uh, sorry for all of our Cutter listeners. Go down 2-0. Uh, Iran is getting beat up right now by England. U.S. plays later today. Excited for that. Excited to get lost in it. I no intrinsic World Cup knowledge uh, anymore. I don't play FIFA a lot. I don't play FIFA at all. I guess that's another way to say it. Um, but I don't know. Excited to watch. It's an awesome world event. The cutter stuff sucks. Yeah. You really dive into that, and you're like, what the hell are we doing? It's 2022. Um, we've got... In baseball, kind of the all-free agent team that you talk yourself into signing. Uh, the guys that, when you're doing your off-season plan, you're almost looking for a way to work them in. Uh, and uh, we'll do the football from the weekend, and if we stumble into anything else, we'll stumble into it and stumble into match five. Uh, the diehards probably remember match five, a little JJR. A lot of places in John Boy Media, Match 5 is the easiest board game to play. Is it a board game? Is it a card game? It's a little bit of both. Uh, and basically, you just have to match. So if BBD was the host and he said, name your five best soccer countries, I'd be like, okay, I don't know, like Brazil. Uh, maybe he'd say like Germany, uh, England, uh, Spain. Did I say that? And France? Is that five? Was that six? How many did I get? Uh, I think you listed five, and then and then you mentioned at least a sixth on there. I probably would have mixed Italy in. I, I don't know if they're ah. actually good, but I would have said it. And that would have been my reaction, because I wouldn't have matched. So I would have got four points. Maybe Jim's here. Maybe, maybe James is here. They would have got five. That's how you play match five, and you can save 15% off when you order now by using code JOMBOY at match5, the number five, trivia.com. Match5trivia.com, 15% by entering code JOHNBOY. Perfect for the holiday season. Play with family, friends, whoever you want. Thank you to Match5. And now we're going to match five free agents. No, we're not going to exactly do that. Although I've got a couple leans on a couple, but it's also me talking myself out of it. The whole reason uh, we got here is Cody Bellinger. Uh, Cody Bellinger is one of the more intriguing free agents <laughs> you'll see. Uh, he is 27 years old. He has a rookie of the year in the back. 
He has an MVP in the bag. He is a two-time All-Star, gold glove, a silver slugger. Uh, man, his stats the last two years are a disaster. Um, they are linked closely to his shoulder injury. I mean, his 2021 is as bad as it gets, as bad as you'll see a player have. Uh, 165 batting average, a 240 on base, a 542 OPS. Uh, it's hard to get numbers like that playing as like as much as he did. One of the worst starter seasons ever, and when you combine him with this year where he was 210, 265, a 654 OPS, I, I mean, they combined for, I, I think he was the worst starter in Major League Baseball the last two years. Uh, before that, again, I mentioned MVP, Rookie of the Year. You know, Rookie of the Year is not always the best thing, but Rookie of the Year MVP types are normally... Uh, you get, we cross both off that list. Those are connected as like a special group of people when you do that in your career. It's a little bit of a weird thing that doesn't matter. But Cody Bellinger uh, through 2019 and hell, even through 2020 when they win the World Series, he wins CS MVP. Uh, he had a 9-1-1 OPS through like age 24, 25. That's crazy. 506 games. Uh, he was averaging... 126 games, oh, but that includes the shortened season. Uh, 31 homers. Per 162, he was basically a 40-homer guy, a 9-11 OPS, a guy that could play every outfield position well. Do you remember some of the balls he tracked down in center field during that postseason? He still has that. He's still tracking down balls. He can play first base, too. Remember, they used to do a lot more of that. Last year, he played only center field. How about that? Mm -hmm. Um and that's why he racked up a positive war. With all of that offensive statistics stinking, he racked up a positive war. And there are positives from the offensive side. Even though it wasn't good last year, he was on the way up. Um, you know, his slugging went up, you know, basically 90 points. The batting average, on-base percentage, OPS, they all went up. I know they had to, but... Uh, the question is his shoulder, uh, and we saw him hurt it. We saw him hurt it in the postseason, uh, that celebration. Uh, stunk, and and you hate it for him. He is, uh, he's 27. He is friends with Cole Tuck, uh, our friend Cole Tucker, uh, and I, I remember I felt like a horse's ass during the live stream, which is pretty rare for me to feel like a horse's ass. Uh, but we're talking about Cody, and I think we'd, Kind of mentioned that, you know, it's probably, probably done in L.A. And I was like, damn, you know, weird sport. Like, you know, and I was like, has he, has he really been injured? Because I was just thinking of this year. And Cole was like, shoulder, bro. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. It's like a big one. Yes. Yes. The whole reason we've got here. Yes. Um, so the whole point of this is Cody Bellinger is a free agent at 27. Uh, Boris has come out and said he wants to do a one-year deal. He said he already has offer for two-year deals. Uh, and he, you know, probably has another bunch of weird quotes because he's Scott Boris. But the whole hmm. point of it is free agency. Whoever signs Cody Bellinger, let's say, let's say someone talks themselves into one for ten, maybe one for twelve. I don't know. One yeah. year contracts maybe in baseball, some funky options or whatever get you to there, a weird spot. But yeah, there's teams in baseball that you know a one year contract can't hurt you and. If he could play center field defensively every day or even be a defensive replacement or platoon guy, you can make that value back uh, in what Cody Bellinger can do. Never mind if he gets better, if that shoulder gets fully healthy, if that shoulder just gets more healthy. 
Um, if he takes similar jumps that he did to last year, which isn't fair, but let's say it is, um, you know, Cody Bellinger jumps up to being like a plus player again. Uh, so we will see. I um, definitely it feels like, I mean, a change of scenery is going to happen. I think the Dodgers have, you know, they're ready to move on. and, and you move on. And you wonder what is the right landing spot for Cody Bellinger. Um, you know, normally in these situations, I, I'll reference my guy Miguel Andujar. I was pretty happy Miguel Andujar ended up with the Pirates because he's going to get a bunch of at-bats and we're going to find out if he can hit. Uh, Cody Bellinger, I don't know. He's got a ton of playoff experience. You, you wonder... Is this one of those weird Rays moves where they, uh, you know, the Rays are going to be competitive and they have a really good coaching staff and maybe can tap into him for a year? And if if not, they trade him at the deadline or they let it move. I think a competitive team, or at least a borderline competitive team, right, ha- yeah. has to talk themselves into like the, Cody Bellinger. I think the one I've seen the most chatter with is the Cubs, which sure. that kind of tracks center field and... Get a get another lefty threat in there. If they their team that can accidentally become pretty competitive with it without too many more things going right, right? If they it's if, in the realm. If they could take a uh, a semi leap, uh, but the point is, I mean, BBD, we're Yankees fans. That's been revealed. Spoiler: If we found out the Yankees signed Cody Bellinger to a one year, one year ten million dollar deal, what would your reaction be? Um. You know, you shrug and and we talk ourselves into it, which is the the whole exercise. Yeah, you'd you're, be gonna, like, you're getting a guy who's going to play a good center field, run the bases pretty well, and I mean, be a left and be a, a threat to hit a homer as a lefty. For the Yankees, you get left field and center field, yeah, um, whichever whichever plug you need. You if he finds it and he can find the short porch a couple more times, like you you super talk yourself into it. This is supposed to be a player in his prime that hopefully is getting healthier. So. <laughs> Uh, with that, he's only 27 right now. Like I'm, I say a lot, how many guys in baseball figure it out at 28? He happened to figure it out at like 22 at one point, but he has the recipe we think, and and maybe there's some batting stance changes. I know, you know, when his batting stance worked, you don't say anything. When his batting stance doesn't work, you say a lot of stuff because he just looks uh, kind of bored and not ready at the plate. Uh, again, that's it's a little bit playing the results, but who knows? Maybe this is the year where he tries to tap into something a little different there timing-wise, or it's just that shoulder, and maybe it gets better. Maybe it doesn't. But either way, if Cody Bellinger is 27 years old, finds his way into your team, you say, all right, let's, let's roll it out it. there. Because either way, he's not the solution or the plan. It's, it's, it's adding a potential piece where... And, and I don't want this to be shots fired because a lot of people uh, in baseball are actually pretty okay with the signing. Tyler Anderson with the Angels. It, they signed him. If you're the Angels and you said, I hope we sign two starting pitchers or at least one starting pitcher this free agency, I don't know how high Tyler Anderson would have been on your list, but that kind of affects the rest of your offseason. I guess maybe if he's your second starting pitcher, you've resigned and you're the Angels. You could be excited about that. Um, Cody Bellinger really shouldn't change your if plans. If he's the plan A, yeah, sure, that's not what you want. But I don't think he's getting any sort of deal that's going to 
inhibit you from doing other things. Like I know the other the other team that I've I've seen on the timeline fan base that's very interested in Cody Bellinger, Colorado Rockies, because uh, I think he's torched them. They need outfield help, and that could be your potential resurgence. And the Rockies think they're something they're not. Um, they were also the first Nimmo rumor. Remember that? Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, and I got to give Kenny Rosenthal the the shout out for this. Uh, Nimmo, I I'd been thinking of him as almost George Springer ish, like center field. I know he's lefty, obviously, but I don't know, just an outfielder of of that age, and he's gonna get paid. And I keep linking him to Toronto in my head, so maybe that's why I'm doing it. Kenny pulled out the dagger a little bit, and it's it's a little unfair, and Kenny said it, but he said Ellsbury uh, for his free agency, um, which Ellsbury was a lot more on speed. And yeah, like Nimmo has that as well. but his... and, and Nimmo's injury history is a little less than that. Like, Jacoby was, was injured. Uh, I don't know, but when I heard that, I was like, ooh, and it's funny because every time we start hearing Brandon Nimmo's name, the number keeps going up that it was at like five for a hundred. And then it was like, well, maybe a team will go six, one twenty-five. The Rockies had their rumor out there. And now the Ellsbury contract, I think, was seven for one thirty-three or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, he is he is the same age Ellsbury was at free agency. I thought Ellsbury was at least like a year or two older. That was a uh, a good snag by Kenny R. But the point is point. if you're right te- on his survival. If your team throws out six years and big money for Nemo, you're like, okay, I hope he's a game-changing player for us. We'll figure it out. Cody Bellinger, you're taking a light shot. And there's a couple other guys. Because your team's going for Nemo. That's, that is like your move this off. It's an impact move. Like that, he, he had a great almost year. Almost certainly, unless your team also signs DeGrom or something. He had that's a, a the move this offseason. We added center fielder to all JM team. For a reason, because it's not easy to do. And he was in the running for All-JM center fielder all year. Uh, So the other guys that if they sign on your team, you're going to be able to talk yourself into 100%. I've got two at first base that are very different flavors. Uh, I'll keep it the same thing to not lose you guys yet. Dom Smith, uh, the Mets... Uh, DFA'd, or what's what's the phrase? Non-tendered. Non-tendered. Excuse me. Some guys were DFA'd before the deadline. Yeah. Non-tendered, I guess, is the catch-all. Uh, Dom Smith, a big prospect for a while. Uh, 2019, he gets 89 games a run to the tune of 282, 355, and 881 OPS. That's a 132 OPS plus. He's playing first base in some corner outfield. It doesn't look like he necessarily loves any of those positions. The 2020 shortened season, 316, 377, and 993 OPS, 168 OPS. Plus, he gets MVP votes. He gets his full run the next year in 2021, and it just doesn't happen. 244, 304, 667. And last year, it's even worse than that. Limited playing time, 194, 560 OPS. Um, he gets the change of scenery. He feels more like bad team guy, uh, not to be rude to Dom Smith, but he's he's the guy that even, you know, his one full season of run ended up being a bad season. And maybe that's what it is, but he needs that f- 
kind of full leash. Like, he needs that Pirates. I know Cincinnati Reds, they, they've got a guy at first base over there. Uh, but he needs a team to put him out there and let him run. He is also 27 years old. It could still very much click. Uh, it felt like he never got the full opportunity. And the contract you're going to sign him for, you're going to say, well, shoot, we might have just stumbled into a an everyday DH that can give us an 800 OPS, or he's a guy that doesn't make it to the trade deadline on this team. And that's fine. And that's fine. So he, any team will talk himself into. This guy is the probably the most oddball on the scale. It's our friend Matt Carpenter who tore it up hmm. for the Yankees this year. Uh, Matt Carpenter, you're like, yeah, sure. I know Matty Carpenter. The, yeah, from the Cardinals, right? Well, first base, third base, slapped around a little. He had a couple, you know, some big boy years in the, in the mid-teens there, right? He was out of baseball. It's done. He goes to a bunch of swing people to try to work on his swing. Goes to Texas Rangers. They don't put him on the roster. He goes to the minor leagues. Uh, they let him go after a month, kind of a, a respect veteran thing. I think it was in his contract, too. Yankees pick him up at the right moment. Everyone's like, okay. He played 47 games in 154 plate appearances. So we're talking all in a month and a half sample. I think, you know, it's more so over two months with the Yankees as he didn't wasn't getting everyday playing time. When he played, he was insane. And in my going away stance, I said on talking Yanks a bunch. 305 batting average, 412 on base, a 1.138 OPS. Uh, it was the best 100 at-bats we saw in baseball this year. Uh, his, his numbers are better than Judge. Um, obviously, smaller sample. Um, if this dude ends up on your team for a 1-for-5, which I don't know if he's even going to get that, uh, he kind of played some defensive positions. He played an okay corner outfield, and if you've got a, if one of your corners is small, it, probably gonna play a decent outfield. Little first, little, little third, even with the very ends. limited run. Yeah, the first base is probably your safest bet. But this guy, you're easily gonna talk yourself into because the risk reward of it, um, if you can somehow tap into last year, even if it's you know, 80% of that, you're still getting a great hitter. And it's like he has the resume. So does Cody. So does Dom in a way uh, that these guys, you know, I, I feel like if you go to your teams, I, I still don't know what to name this list. Like the every team's Reddit forum list <laughs> of guys that they hope hope end up on their team. It, uh, I said like the guy you talk, talk yourself into or? Like it's... Uh, the, you know, it's like a little less than that. It's like you want to take it. You're happy to take a chance on them. Fangraphs has Matt Carpenter getting a one year, six million dollar deal. Fangraphs has Josh Bell getting three for thirty nine. In next season, Matt Carpenter could be a better, a more effective player than Josh Bell. Um, it's you know, it's Give a little bit of a reach, but that's the reason why it's going. That money is exchanging hands. Um. You're going to be able to talk yourself into that guy. Uh, the rest of the way... I, I found the other, kind of the other one that, that we should give like a like a few minutes to. Okay. Conforto. 
Like a lot of people. Conforto's a weird one. Lefty bat, short term deal. I stumbled into a buzzsaw with Conforto a little bit because uh, I did my all free agent team and I put him out there. Um, yes, you will be able to talk yourself into Michael Conforto. I think the num I think the numbers are going to be real. I I don't know if we've had the Michael Conforto tryout sesh yet, where all the beat reporters are like, "He looks good," but we need that because apparently he got jacked up. I mean, he didn't play. Yeah. Like, he was a guy that people were thinking was going to get a $100 million contract. Did, and, did you see the rumor going around? You like, told me. In August, he had an offer on the table from Houston to hop on, basically. That would have... That happened? kind of wish that happened. Yeah. Um... Decided to wait it out, do real free agents. You're you're right from the aspect of you will talk yourself into Michael Conforto. You'll look at the stats and say, we got him for two for 20 or one for 12 with an option for 14 the next yeah. year. And you'll be like, if this guy plays to his baseball card, you're going to talk yourself into that. I still think, though... And he shouldn't be your team's, like, the big move of the offseason. It's kind of where I'm going with If that. you're... I, I guess the thing is, if you're bringing in Michael Conforto... <laughs> I think if you're a baseball team, you're giving him a full season to go. Where if Cody Bellinger comes in and he looks terrible for two months, you're pulling the plug. And Matt Carpenter comes in yeah. and he looks bad for two months, you're pulling the plug. He's old. You're, like, he's, you're on the bench now. Um, yeah, Tom that Smith, is a difference. Same thing. I think Michael Conforto, if he comes in, you're he's gonna be you're your giving him the year. You, right you, or like up to the day of the deadline, kind of like the Yankees did with Gallo. Like you're, you're gonna find out. Um, that's a good point. So that, that I guess that's the mindset. I still don't know how to fully do that. Uh, the other guys that that popped up for me, uh, Adam Frazier, obviously hmm. a talking baseball favorite. He just really had a bad year going into free agency. Um, he's a guy that you're gonna like uh, for. You know, he's got a little bit of position versatility. Uh, you know, actually, he played a lot of positions last year. Sheesh. Yeah. He played a lot early in his career, then then stopped playing it as much in last year. Back to it. it it's tough because he had that. Uh, he's an all-star with the Pirates. 98 games, 324, 388, 836 OPS. He was kind of doing like a Benintendi with more pop to make the all-star team. His next 200 games, Padres and Seattle, just have not been good. Um, so, it, again, I think if your team brings in Adam Frazier, he's going to be 31. Yes, he turns 31 December 14th, coming up. Get your birthday wishes ready. That you're going to say, like, okay, lefty slapping Adam Frazier, hitting seventh or eighth, playing left field, second base, wherever we need him. You talk yourself into that guy. His is a little more... I don't know. It just depends what team he lands on. If he lands on, say, the Yankees signed him, I think you're looking at him as a super util, and when he gets his run, he hopes to click, or, or any of the yeah. contending teams. If, he if, lands, if someone gets hurt and you got to play him for a month, you're okay with it as your 8-9 hitter. If, if he lands on a... Uh, a lesser middling team, you're ho they're hoping that he taps into Adam Frazier from 2018 through the start of 2021 where he was a 281, 343, yeah. 759 OPS, which he can be. So It's like the Reds hoping to repeat what Drury just did. Yeah, it's a little less high risk, high reward. 
uh, on Adam Frazier. They think he's going to get two, two for sixteen on Fangraphs. I'd be surprised. Uh, he kind of he fell off the cliff pretty hard. We like Adam Frazier. We support Adam Frazier. Yeah. If your team signs him, you get interested, especially if he's going to be, you know, bonus piece potentially off the bench guy, high contact lefty bat, mm. plays everywhere. I don't know. Your third baseman will be quick. It's our friend Evan Longoria, a veteran, uh, still hits. Uh, he's looking to join a contender, so for any contending team, just to have him in the mix. And you're not going to sign him as an everyday guy. He's going to be 37. Um, but he still hit, even last year. Um, and he, he said he's open to playing some first base, too. So a little third base, first base, lefty platoon guy. I mean, does that... Sounds dodgery or a return to the Rays. How sick Ooh. would that be? Ooh, that stinky. You'd put Brian Anderson in the same boat. I don't know. Um, I, I don't. I don't have my full scouting reports on him. But you're you'll talk himself into some of the old hitting. Uh, and then in the outfield, and San Francisco Giants just need to stop coming to my mind. And maybe hopefully it's when they lose out on the Judge bidding battle. Um, a couple of guys jumped out uh, to me in the outfield. Mitch Hanniger shouldn't really count. Um, he's a guy that kind of in the same ilk as Conforto. If your team signs him, Mitch Hanniger's going to be starting and he's going to get a lot of run. He's just got some stats the past couple years that I uh, a team is going to give him a real contract. He feels San Francisco gianty to me. Um, his last... And you can extrapolate this, but his last 214 games, he's hitting homers at a 38-homer pace. Uh, there's a little, like, Schwarber, right-handed Schwarber light stuff going on here. If you go back before that, he's got two seasons with OPSs, three seasons with OPSs in the 800s. He's a little too good for this list, uh, a la Conforto. I kind of hope the same time signs Hanniger or Conforto. Uh, the only thing that would tell me Mitch Hanniger is not going to be a San Francisco Giant is because I have a better platoon match for them. They signed Jock Peterson with the qualifying offer, um, the one-year one 19.7. Jock Peterson, you know, obviously a lot better versus righties. You don't want to play him in the outfield every day. The Giants love veterans and kind of keeping them off their feet. A.J. Pollock. Um, A.J. Pollock. 35 years old. He played 137 games in the outfield last year, including 37 in center field. He mauled against left-handed pitching. And most importantly, he was in that White Sox just garbage season. That he's got to escape that mess. And if they could keep him fresh. And so A.J. Pollock is on the list of the, if you sign him, you're, you will talk yourself into him. Because his last couple years, the pop is still there. I don't think you want to especially versus lefties. I don't think you want to play him every day. His two seasons leading into last year, where again he was part of that dumpster fire, he was averaging thirty-five homers, hundred sixty-two games, two ninety, three forty-two, and eight eighty-eight OPS. Remember when he was going nuts for the Dodgers in twenty-one? Uh, he did that in twenty-two. He is the type of guy that if he ends up on your team. I don't think you're expecting an everyday A.J. Pollock at 35 years old to be the impact piece, but could A.J. Pollock play 112 games for you, maul against lefties, fill in when you need against righties, and be a factor for you? Absolutely. Um, I'm keeping Gallo off the list. I'm even going to keep Trey Mancini off the list. 
Because I, I, I think you're going to talk yourself into Trey Mancini easily. David Peralta just misses two. Um, Tyler Nakeen. I still don't know if that's how you say it. Jerry Blevins told us Naquin. Jimmy was on a big Nakeen Nakeen. kick for a while. Um, So I'm going to ignore that. But that's kind of the all you're going to talk yourself into these guys. On the low with a potential potential to be really good. uh, Also potential to kind of of be bad. Um, So I guess it turned into age or value between Pollock, Longoria, or Carpenter. Or Dom Smith, Cody Bellinger. Um, is there another young guy? Uh, no, I think Rafael Ortega, 32 years old. How about that? Uh, so that's that list. I think it might be time to talk some football. Big NFL week 11. It started off Thursday night. Titans. Packers, remember this game. We're going back now, and we've got Thanksgiving week coming up. Gobble, gobble, big Thursday. Titans ended up rolling 27-17. to 17. Uh, This became a game. Packers put up an 11 spot in the third, but Tannehill, he does more than enough. 333 through the air, especially in what was, pardon my French, but a dog shit uh, passing week. The 1 p.m. slate stunk this week. Uh, I've been saying dog shit a lot. I think, mm. I don't know if it's circling back on I think you should leave or whatever it is, but um, it's been been stuck in my head. Traylon Burks, uh, the young wide receiver out of Arkansas, he's come back. He's been looking good for them. Titans are good. Rabel is good. Uh, that organization knows who they are and they know what they're doing. Um, Burks could be impactful for them. Tannehill, um, I think them getting to see Malik Willis and seeing how much of a project he will still continue to be is probably good for almost all parties involved. Like if Tannehill, I think he just helped you secure your seat at the table, at least for this year. Um, and the Titans are 7-3. Packers are 4-7. and seven. This was in Lambeau. Our guy Kyle was at the game. Whoops. Um you know, this was to get back to 5-6 and six and kind of salvaging the season. I mean, the Green Bay Packers, 3-3 three and three at Lambeau. They have lost, sheesh, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 of their last 7. And who do they play? At the Eagles. At the Eagles. Uh, yikes. It is over in Green Bay. Crazy. Uh, that brings us to the 1 p.m. slate. Like I told you, I thought it was awful. I I didn't think I was going to be able to settle in to the 1 p.m. slate. Uh, ended up being able to because I had so much laundry to do. Hmm. Um, we did laundry. I did laundry yesterday from like 1 to 5.30. Um just like sharing, you're taken down. There's other machines, me and Jess. It was a lot, but basically, because when you're doing that much laundry, you can only do so much other stuff. I watched a lot of football. Uh, and the game that I was hoping was fun ended up being a little fun, but still, to sink your teeth into Falcons Bears uh, is a tough, tough one to full watch. It's a tough ask. Uh, Justin Fields has become everyone's uh, entertainment and fantasy favorite. He did a little bit of that. 
Falcons are four and two at home. They're five and six. Man, I wish I could drink a little more Falcons Kool-Aid. They really broke my heart with that Panthers loss uh, two weeks ago. They would be six and five. We'd almost be getting excited for us. Commanders Falcons game this this upcoming week. We are not. Um, man, their schedule though. Commanders Steelers Saints. Don't be surprised if we're talking about a seven seven um, Falcons team in three weeks. Uh, they're they're kind of fun. They just pound the run. Corderell Patterson, there's your bro. The night breaks the NFL kick return record. Dude's always been a freak. It's so funny that they were they just looked at his build and were like, "You have to be a wide receiver." Never really worked. And then they were like, "Okay, how about running back?" And it's worked because he's really good at running the ball. He just happens to be like six three, two forty, or however big he is. Um, Kind of a crazy career arc. Good for him for breaking the record. Bears and Justin Fields, who everyone likes now, three and eight. Um, but he he is fun. He makes plays. They have something exciting to watch next year. Uh, Bills Browns in Detroit, obviously. Uh, Bills settling enough, seven and three. Um, you know, Browns make it a little closer than it than it ended up feeling at the end as Brissett leads them down the field. Big Cat, he um. He has a way of doing it that's just kind of unmatched, and it's what makes him Big Cat. Uh, one one of the, uh, like a bleacher or someone like that, tweeted out <laughs> Amari Cooper made a, a touchdown catch, and they said, Amari Cooper is him. And Big Cat retweeted and said, well, him is done. Um, just because, like, you know, I, uh, Amari Cooper is really nice, but there's no way he's him. Having, uh, having a really good year for fantasy. Yeah, he's, he's nice. He's really, really nice. Player. He's a good career. He was he was him in college. Um, he's just really nice in the pros. Uh, and Dallas misses him a little bit. Um, not a ton, though. Sheesh. How about that? Uh, uh, Browns are outgunned here. Uh, can our guy, uh, can Deshaun come back next week? Or is it two weeks? Is it 11 games? Or is it so, 11 weeks? I think. Deshaun Watson. Uh, Eligible to practice this week, and that was a week ago. Can't play again again in a game until week thirteen. Okay, so I guess that's something to track if you're Browns fans as you get ready for next year. At this point, their season, man, they uh they really had a chance. Bills settle back in. Josh Allen looked bad early in this game. They got the running game going a little bit with Singletary. That's something to track because I do think they'll need that if they want to go where they're trying to go. Nice moment. Stephon Diggs kind of having the wide receiver classic meltdown. Um, I shouldn't say that. He was very composed. Him and his coach were like belly-to-belly hugging, and you could see that Diggs wasn't happy. He had no targets. They were losing the game. Josh Allen ends up finding him uh, for a touchdown pass right before the half. That's one of those things you you just you put down as a little asterisk if if the Bills season gets back on track that things could have gotten a little hairy there. They got it back on track. Weird hand motions by me. Uh that Deshaun Watson return game at Houston. How about that? Life finds a way sometimes. Um Eagles Colts. Eagles survive and maybe they shouldn't have. They 14.2 touchdown fourth quarter. To come back against the Colts in Indy. Jeff Saturday's Colts. This would have been massive for them. Uh, they would have gone to 5-5-1. Five, five, uh, instead, 4-6-1. and one. 
missed a field goal in this game. Uh, the kid Badgley. Eagles, hey, man. They find a way on the road, a tough environment, a team that had a lot of energy. Uh, or excuse me, Chase McLaughlin. I uh, got my young young kickers confused. Um, and if you're the Colts, I mean, you ended up taking four field goal attempts that uh, I don't want to say they were dominating this game, but they were in control. Um, and Jeff Saturday, it's so funny how quickly the narrative can change. Everything went from, uh, you know, the Colts are a disaster. How could Jim Irsay do this? I mean, there's also, like, Rooney Rule stuff and that tied into it that isn't good. But uh, to he won the first game, and then at, mi- at midnight, at halftime of this game, people were... T- there was a, something on the bottom line of NFL Red Zone that it was like, a lot of teams are thinking of copying the Jeff Saturday model. And it's like, what? How do we get here? Uh, so... Like like it often does, things end up settling in. Eagles, 9-1, and 5-0 and on the road uh, with a chance to basically kill the Packers next next week. Good for them. Saints-Rams, I think I told you no before. I'll tell you no again. Uh, I will say our guy Matty Stafford came back and looked good, and then he had to leave again uh, with uh, concussion protocol, so that stinks. Andy Dalton threw the best pass of the day to Olave, um, if you want to go watch that. But I think it says something to... Uh, especially this 1 p.m. slate that week 11 in 2022, Andy Dalton threw the best pass of the day. Um, yikes. BBD, I said be worried. Was. Lions, Giants. The Lions kind of dominate in the Meadowlands. 31-18, to 18, and that's with the Giants scoring late. Uh Lions have the juice, man. That's that's what I said, and they they feel good. They uh they know what they're doing. Jamal Williams is putting up a legendary vulture running back season, um, kind of all time three touchdowns. He's leading the NFL in touchdowns. He is getting more than just a straight vulture. Um, you know, he had seventeen carries in this game. Uh, but DeAndre they Swift use him to run. DeAndre Swift five carries in this game. Pretty crazy. Um. Jared Goff, God, is doing enough through the air. The sun god, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, 7 for 76. I know, I know the Giants, uh, they lost both starting cornerbacks in this for a little bit. So there's uh, kind of nothing they can well, do there. Yeah, but they, it's a it's a bigger issue because they've been using a Dory Jackson who's been the, cor- the number one cornerback on the team. Uh, they've been using him in punt returns because that's right. been an issue for them. And uh, the whole way, like in real time, everyone's like, oh, this is a bad idea. So important. They don't have very good cornerback depth. Depth, And, uh, and yeah, it finally, finally bites them like three weeks into that experiment. So The Detroit Lions, winners of three straight. Um, by the way, three Lions losses. They have other losses that are awful. Eagles by three points week one. Dolphins by four points before this win streak. They lost to the Seahawks by three points, too. Um, Shootout game. Bills, Jaguars, Vikes, Jets, Panthers, Bears. Okay, so let's let's do this the best we can. Bills, I'm just going to say no. I think they'll give them hell. And it's in Detroit, which is fun because the Bills just played there. Um, how about it? Hmm. Jaguars, sure, they can win that game. Vikings, I'll rule out for now. Jets, Panthers, Bears, Packers, those are four winnable games. 
call it. You're going for a three and one in that period. Let's dream. So they've got five winnable games of their remaining schedule. If they won all five, that gets them to to nine and eight. I don't know. I'm not going to start believing on that level. But I think the Lions have a real good chance to be like, I don't know, seven and ten, eight and nine. Which again, for the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell, is massive. Is massive. Um, so really good on them. Um, they're believing in it, man. They're they're believing in it, which is really cool to see. Panthers, Ravens, no. I mean, as ugly as a game will get, Ravens score at the end, thirteen to three. I mean, literally nothing going on in that game. Brutal watch. The Commanders are six and five. Taylor Heineke. Um, they have won five of their last six. They have Falcons, Giants, Giants, Niners, Browns, Cowboys. One, two, three, four. You got four to five winnable games. We could be talking about the playoff commanders. They believe in their quarterback. Carson Wentz, eat bugs again. Uh, they beat a Houston team that is floundering 1-8-1. and one. Um, That brought us to the afternoon slate. Bengals, Steelers, points. 67 total. Burrow and the boys get it done. Samaje Pirine with three TDs. Um Cowboys and Vikings, game of the day, 4 p.m. slate. We hate the 1 p.m. game. This was the game of the day. Eee. Cowboys roll up on them, 40-3. to Ew. In Minnesota, everyone was hating the Vikings. They just got me to say tall coach's name, and then they go and do this. Um, uh, Vikings are a good team. All of it in there. Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Hawkinson, uh, the defense, the offense, Kevin O'Connell. I think that's tall coach's name. I want to try to remember it. Um, they got the humble pie uh, that they had kind of everyone thought was going to come. Patriots, Jets, Lions, Colts, Giants, Packers, Bears. Like they, They're going to stay hot. They're going to win games. Maybe they needed this and it can be a good thing or... You know, maybe they were one of the luckier 8-1 and one teams we'd seen. Let's see what happens there. Chiefs, Chargers, tell me if you've seen this game before. Chargers, Herbert, looking good, in control, game-winning drive, left a little time on the clock for Mahomes. You already know. Uh, Kelsey, three touchdowns, <laughs> six for 115. Mahomes brings him down the field. It's uh sometimes it's too easy for them. The eight and two Chiefs. Uh you know, good, fun offensive football from both of those teams. The Chargers are five and five. I think I heard the phrase, I think they said on the broadcast, chargering. And they were using that as a phrase for just when the Chargers are the Chargers, which I guess having a game winning drive and feeling good about yourselves and then blowing it to Mahomes, which a lot of teams do do, but Feels pretty chargery. Chargering. They they have a schedule the rest of the way that uh looks like more opportunities for chargering. Cards, yep, they could charger that. At Raiders, they could charger that. Dolphins, oh, absolutely. Titans, sure. Colts, uh-huh. Rams, maybe. We'll see where they're at. My Broncos. Get them the fuck out of here. They are the the only game I left out. Um not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. 
Darren Waller, out. Renfro, out. It was basically Devontae Adams, Jacobs, and Carr. And they got worked by the three of them. I benched Carr like an idiot in fantasy football because I was like, oh, well, the Broncos' pass defense is rated well and they're out of options. You know, I thought, I thought the Broncos were going to lose this game like 13-11. to 11. They couldn't do that. Uh, they let it get to overtime after having a lead. They're a joke. Hackett stinks. Did you see their quote before the game? Did you see my guy Hackett's quote, BBD? What was the you know quote? why I'm yelling? Nathaniel Hackett's quote before the game to the media. One team has to win this game. Before the game? Yeah, man. That's where, that's where it's at. That's where it's genuinely at. So That means it's not going to be you when you say that before a game. And it really should have been again. The Broncos... I know Russ has sucked ass, and I think it's a little bit tied to Hackett. I think it's a lot tied to Russ. If they had a capable head coach this year, I'll go through it quick, and then I'm out of here. Seahawks, they lost that opening night. Remember? They mm-hmm. did everything to win that game and should have. 17 Besides to 16. Whatever. I'll ignore the first Raiders loss, 32 to 23, but the Raiders stink this year. Two of their three wins are against <laughs> the Broncos. The Colts, 12 to 9. Chargers, 19 to 16. In OT. They lost to the Jets, 16 to 9, which is looking worse and worse. Titans end up beating them. Titans are kind of good, whatever. Raiders, in OT, 22 to 16. I mean, you can flip. You can flip three of those games so easily, and the Denver Broncos, with everything else going on, Will be six and four, but they stink. I'm leaving. We'll see you guys. Maybe I think we will. A little football preview, maybe something else fun. Love. Watch everything on Jumbo Media. <laughs>